Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Here we go. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope that you've laid up in heaven. So in other words, that whole chunk there, and we don't have time to go through the book of Colossians. We'll get there one day. Church had been birthed, and Paul says, I'm praying for you because you've come to know the gospel. But he prays something specific, and this is what I want to get at. So he goes on to say this, since we've heard of your faith, verse 4, in Christ Jesus, of the love you have to saints, because of the hope laid in heaven, of this you've heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, and the gospel's bearing fruit, and it's increasing, as it does also among you, since the day that you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it um, from Epaphras, our beloved fellow saint. He's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So that's just commentary. Church has been birthed. Paul says, I heard about it. I want to pray for it because you've come to know the gospel. But I'm going to pray something specific. And here's what he prays. And this is what I want to dig into today. Verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. million things he could have prayed for a new church. But I'm going to pray one thing, that you hear the Spirit and walk in accordance with his will. Number two, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The Word of God for the people of God. Be seated. So as we look at this, <clears throat> going to be very brief today. Um, I think we'll probably be done in about 10 to 15 minutes. But there's a reason for that. Ah, some of you giggled. Put a clock on it. All right, we're going to do this. Um, so here's the thing. And I just want to intro it today. <clears throat> as he's praying for this church, the church is birthed. And here's what he could have did. He could have said, here's what I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God just blows the thing up and, and mushrooms it. He could have prayed, well, I'm going to pray that you get a building. Um, he could have prayed, I'm going to pray that he brings people in who are capable of teaching. He could have said, I, I'm going to pray that God does this or that or the other, but he doesn't. He says, I'm going to pray one thing, and that one thing that I'm going to pray for you is that you're able to hear the Spirit. Because if you can hear the Spirit, then you can walk in tune with the Spirit. And really, more than anything else that I want for you, I want you to be Spirit-led. Are you a Spirit-led church? Is what he prays. Like, what does that look like? And so, as he pours this into him, verse 9, I'm going to call it this. Number one, he says, the desire I have for you is that you'll have a spiritual filling. We saw that right there. Here's what I pray, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom. And here's my question for you. When is the last time that you've had a spiritual filling? Now, here's the thing. We can all articulate what it's like to not 
feel like we're in tune with the Spirit. That's true. But what does it look like when we're in tune with the Spirit? Sometimes it's just pretty hard to articulate. Well, it was just this song, and it was just, you know, the, the, the gold dust fell out of heaven, and, and it overwhelmed me, and blah, 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 blah. And, and we, we chatter that kind of stuff. Well, that's being filled with the Spirit. Well, maybe. Maybe that's part of it. And maybe we can't articulate exactly what it is when, when we feel like, man, I'm really in tune with the Spirit. But we can definitely articulate what it feels like when we know that He's absent. When you're like, where are you? It feels dry. It feels harsh. It feels scary. It feels, I got this longing. I just want to hear from you. God, please just bang me over the head with a pan if you have to. I just want to hear you. Well, we can talk about that. And what his prayer for this church is, is this. I pray that you're not that. I pray that you walk in tune and you can hear me, you can feel me, you can sense me, you can be like a balloon is blown up with air, filled with me. I pray that you have something extraordinary going on in your life. Because life doesn't walk like that, does it? It's pretty mundane. And so he says, here's what I pray, that you're spirit-filled. And then number two, that that spirit filling happens, comes so that you can walk in a manner worthy of the calling of the Lord. Because to be devoid of the filling of the spirit, it's impossible to walk in tune with him, is what he's saying. So, number two, he prays for a spirit-led filling and a spirit-led walking. And that's something that happens every day. The point is this. What Paul's saying is, guys... There is a walking as a Christian that is in tune with his leading. Implication, there is also a walking that is not in tune with his leading. And so where are we at? Where are you at? Um, football's about to kick off. I cannot wait. It's coming. That stadium right there is going to be filled. And I know we got South. Lance, I saw you smile. There's people on the south side, too, that have got a football team down that's called Hillcrest. They're, they're, you know, anyways, they're Satanists, okay? No, just, uh, no, Hillcrest folks, we're all in this together. And then we got Sipsy folks, and now there's Northside folks in here. Football's about to happen, um, which means this, practice is going on and band practice is going on. And as you all know, the football season will kick off with a drum beat, and that drum beat will start. And then the band will begin to march down this hill at every school, Boom, boom, boom. And here's what happens. As that drummer begins to hit that beat, every single person in the band will start stepping right, left, right, left, right. And they'll all walk in step with that drum. Even the majorettes doing their majorette thing will walk in step with that drum. The flag people in step with the drum. They don't start hitting the beat and then everybody just kind of lazily walks in, do they? They don't do that. They're all in step, in step, in step. And here's what Paul says. More than anything else that I want from you, I want you to walk in step with the beat of the Spirit every single day, making every day extraordinary. How are we doing? There is a sweet spot. Where God is moving all around us and we can join him in that movement. And there is a mundane spot where God is moving all around us and we're just moving at the whims of life. Where are 
Where are we? What drives your life? When you wake up, what dictates your day? Before your feet hit the carpet, what dictates your day? Is it your boss? Is it your kids? Is it your teacher? Is it your bank account? What dictates your step? What is it that sinks you in rhythm? What is that? And Paul says, my prayer for you is that it'll be the spirit of the living God. So, with that said, as I'm thinking through this, I run across Romans chapter 8, verse 14. And Paul tells the Romans, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. And I look at my life, and man, I can look back at moments where I'm walking in tune with the Spirit. And I can also look at moments in my life where I'm walking in tune with the spirit of Troy. And though when you're walking in tune with the spirit, it may be more uncomfortable, it's always right. In those moments where I'm walking in tune with the spirit of Troy, it may feel more comfortable because I have this veneer of control. But for God's glory's sake, I'm not sure much... Eternal good's going on. So what is it? What is it that drives you? What is it that fuels your soul? What is it, church? And so I'm, I'm thinking through this as a, as a church and where we're at and where we exist. And I go, man, are we as individuals being pushed to be driven by the Spirit? And are we collectively as a whole being pushed to be uh, led by the Spirit? Or are we just walking everyday life going, well, here's what I want to do. So by gosh, I do it. Paul's prayer is spirit-led. And so the big question is, why don't we do this? Isaiah 30 says it this way. Check this out. Isaiah, long ago, says this, and there will come a day, talking about Jesus is coming and the Spirit's coming. He says this, there will come a day that your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And you'll turn to the right or to the left. I'm reading this going, is my life marked by walking, going, okay, I'm going to turn left. And so I turn left. Or is my life walking in such a way with the Spirit that I'm actively listening to, to where I go, I'm going to turn left, and the Spirit says, no, you turn right, and so I turn right. What, what is it? What drives us? Is it the Spirit? Or is it that the boss had turned left? And listen, I'm not saying don't listen to your boss. That's not what I'm saying. I hope you get the overarching point. Are we in tune with the hearing of the Spirit of the living God? Why don't we do this? Three things real fast. Number one, academians don't do this because we have a fear of being labeled hokey. That's just true. Right now... Everybody in this room who is theologically minded and academic, you're so mad at me right now because here's what you're saying. You're going, Troy, water on earth are you going, you little hokey joker? We have the text of Scripture God has spoken, and he put it in black and white. We got everything we need. And so our academians go, you've already given me what I've got, and, and if I 
presume that God could speak to me and tell me to move left when I want to go right, that people go, well, you're just one of them hokey charismatics. So academians in here, I get you, man. I, I feel you. But it's a mental block. And if Paul didn't believe we could be led by the Spirit, then he wouldn't have said, I'm going to pray that you're led by the Spirit. Number one, academians don't do it because we're feared of being labeled hokey. Number two, emotionalists, let's go on the flip side of the spectrum. You have a fear of being wrong. If I go led by the Spirit, I may hurt somebody's feelings or hurt my own feelings, and therefore I'll do nothing led by the Spirit because I don't want my heart to hurt. And I don't want anybody else's heart to hurt. So it's just more comfortable to sit in my chair and go, I'll pray for you. That's our little justification, right? I don't know what the Spirit's doing because He's greater than me, so I just I will pray for you. It's great. But what if the Spirit told you to do more than to pray for somebody and actually get in their lives? And emotionally, we're like, oh, so we have a heart block. And then humans, let's just wrap it up with this. Humans, here's why we don't do it. Because we have a fear of what comfort the Spirit might jack with if we listen to Him. I'm really comfortable walking on this left path. And God forbid that the God that I'm praying to ask me to get off the path and go to another one. I'm too comfortable. So I won't listen. We have a fear of that, don't we? And so as I think through this, listen, the theological side of me knows that there is no step we ever take in life that's devoid of the Spirit. I'm, I'm smart enough to know that. If he's sovereign, we never move. And he goes, well, I'm shocked you move that way. All right? So let's just go and get that out. But there's also a side of me that's hands-on and looks in the Scriptures that sees this. There is a walking that's in tune with the Spirit that's so close that he speaks to us and does something individually through us that he might not be doing with the rest of the masses. But are we willing to listen? Are we willing to seek that are we willing to hear his voice and see his hand so in other words i'm trying to argue that there is possible life to be lived as a christian that's in tune with the whispered assignments for you on an individual level that the person on your right or left may not have look to your right look at him just look at him let's just totally to totally be weird everybody out look at the person on your right you're looking at the back of their head right now because everybody's looking right Look at the person on your left, right? Right? And so here's what we tend to think in our reformed, robust theological circles. We go, well, God is speaking to all of us on the same plane. And it's just not true. The person on your right may have a different assignment than you have on your left. And if we justify that away theologically, we ought to just rip Colossians 1 right out of the Bible. So what is it? I'm also arguing that there is a, not just an individual level, but a corporate body level. Check it out, church. Here we go. God may be telling us as a corporate body to move a certain way that's different than Chapel Hill, that's different than Rose, that's different than this church or that church or whatever. And are we willing to listen corporately? Do we carve out time to hear from the Lord? What happens when a text-driven church, which we are, collides with a spirit-filled church?
What happens? I, I know. Y'all are so mad at me right now. Because we're known. Okay, look, we've gone through two waves. We were the theater church. And we were known as that church that anybody and everybody could come to that did not go to church. Like, that was our thing, man. Like we're in the theater, and if you didn't fit any category, you could go to Safe Haven. And it was awesome. And then we moved out. And somewhere along those lines, here's what's happened, is now we're known as a theologically text-driven, heady church who examines the text well and holds on to the text, which is great. But what happens when that church collides with a church that says, the Spirit says, hey, hey, I need you to do this or I need you to do that. Are we so stuck in our text-drivenness that we have just written off the Holy Spirit's inklings to maybe move to the right or to the left a little bit? I'm not talking about theologically. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm just saying... Do we carve out time as a church to just go, we're just going to listen? Do we carve out time to where we just go, you know what? Play. Sit. Listen to the Lord and speak to Him. Or do we go, I've got 10 verses to cover. Got to cover them. Boom, 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 boom. Britt's got five songs. Boom, 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 boom. Got to shut the doors because we got to get out and do this. And put the chairs up. Do we call out time to just listen to the Lord? This is messing with me, man. Because that's exactly what Paul prayed for this church. It's possible to live in tune with the Spirit. Text-driven church. Look around the room. I mean, right, don't fixate on the basketball goals and all that kind of stuff. But look around the room, look in the, look in the air. Okay, we got the air, look in the air. Inside the air right now, you can't see it, but there are millions of radio waves floating around. Like if we could see them, number one, we'd be freaked out because we'd be like, dude, I'm going to have cancer tomorrow because of all these waves or whatever. Um, but all these, all these waves are flying around, but you can't see them, can you? What do you have to have to see them? An intentional radio with an antenna. You grab that boy and you pop it open and you turn it on and you plug it in and you begin to dial that bad boy in. And as you dial that bad boy in, specific waves begin to hit that and it begins to speak aloud, right? What I'm asking, church, is do we carve out time to go, Spirit, what are you whispering to me personally and what are you whispering to us as a corporate body? Are we a spirit-led church? That's what I'm asking. Here are practical questions as the band comes up. This is what's stirring. What is God saying to us distinctly as this church that has begun to gather in Northport Elementary School. What's he saying to us? Number two, let's go practical. Because right now you're like, Troy, that's a great, yeah, sure. let's get real practical now. 
What does a spirit-led marriage look like, church? What would your marriage look like if before your feet hit the carpet, the first question you asked was, Spirit, what are you doing in my marriage today? Would it look different? What does spirit-led worship look like? Well, here's what it looks like, Troy. We've got five songs, and we're going to do them in this time frame. What does it look like? What does spirit-led mission look like? What if God told us to drop 6,000 more eggs out of a hot air balloon? We would all go, no way. <laughs> Not again. Lord, we just have to miss this one. <laughs> what does it look like? What does spirit-led use of gifts look like? What does it look like if you had the gift of prayer in this room and God told you in the middle of a service to walk over to somebody and begin to pray for them? What does spirit-led parenting look like? Sweet Jesus in heaven, I do not know that one. <laughs> But what if we, before we pushed our kids to the right or the left, we actually spent time to, oh, I don't know, pray about it? What does spirit-led singleness look like? What does spirit-led dating look like? What does spirit-led recreating look like? What do spirit-led community groups look like? Oh, here's what it looks like, Troy. We come in at 6.30, we eat nachos. As soon as we're done with our nachos, we go through the text. As soon as we're done with the text, we pray, and then we depart. What if the spirit at one of our community groups said, hey, forget the nachos, I just want you to pray together for an hour. Like, is that even fit in our categories? What does spirit-led prayer look like? What does spirit-led hospitality look like? If we didn't just walk into the room and go find our little seat that are hard, I know. But what does it look like to walk around the room and just get to know one another? Like, is that even in our category? Are we just trying to get to the seat so that nobody else takes it? Here's the reality. You have a role to play in God's divine movement on earth. Don't take that lightly. You have a role to play in other people's lives for God's glory. Don't take that lightly. You have an assignment today that is extraordinary. Are you listening? Am I listening? Well, I don't know where we're headed. But I know God's doing something unique.
God, you're a great God. And what we need as a church more than anything is to be able to confidently walk in tune with the Spirit. And so maybe this is a dangerous prayer, but Lord, jack with us. May our lives be not led by what is comfortable and what we know or want for ourselves. But may it be said of Safe Haven that that is a group of people who are so crazy for the fame of the Lord to be spread that they'll do anything to show the grace of the gospel to the next person they come in contact with. God, give us ears to hear your spirit. God, give us eyes to see your spirit. God, give us the ability to see where you're moving and to join you in that. God, what does the spirit-led life look like? God, don't let us be driven by our bosses or driven by our spouses or driven by our kids or driven by what's next at the park or driven by... God, that we would not be driven by that. God, I know this freaks many out in our theological circle because it freaks me out. God, that we won't be so theologically minded that we worship our theology rather than worship a God who transcends it. Spirit, move. God, show us the way to take the left or show us today to take the right and do it with other people through your church, through your word, through prayer. God, that we'll be on mission boasting in your glory and not our own. God, that life will not be about us. It'll be about you. And God, when you tell us to call that person, we call that person. And when you tell us to go to that place, we go to that place. And when you tell us to love on this, we, God, that we just do it. Even when it makes us feel uncomfortable. God, my prayer is the same that Paul prayed for the church at Colossae. That they'll be filled with the knowledge of your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand? Would you worship?